1: Hey, everyone. This is Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another exciting episode of Cause Talk Radio. And on the line with me now is the queen herself, the queen of cause, Megan Strand. Hey, Megan.
0: I could get used to that title. Hi, Joe.
1: No, You know, it's like our own podcast of Game of Thrones today. And it's like three rival people on the line that are going to be buying for attention and media. And the king of this all is a very special person on the other line, Dennis Williams, who's vice president of corporate social responsibility for HBO. Hey, Dennis, how's it going?
2: It's going well, Joe. Hello from the, the house of HBO. There you go.
1: I love that. I love that. And you're, you're in line with, I mean, I when Megan first brought this up, you know, we get lots of requests every week for people to talk on the show. And she was running through them and she said, you know, I got the, you know, there's people that are talking about HBO, Game of Thrones. I was like, Game of Thrones? Does someone say Game of Thrones? My favorite show? The show I'm looking forward to coming back in April. And you have this fantastic partnership uh, with O'Maze and the International Rescue Committee, and an ambitious goal to raise one million dollars uh, to ease the plight of refugees. Tell us about this program. It sounds
2: fantastic. Oh, absolutely! I think I should probably first ask if if Megan's the queen of cause. Do I have to refer to her as uh, your Majesty? That's your right, majesty? absolutely. That's I true. mean, I want to I want to yes. stay in character that. here. And Dennis, if um, she <laughs> don't,
1: she will make you walk from New York <laughs> to uh, to Portland in the nude.
2: Oh, <laughs> that will, no one will like Just that. Just like the me. end of last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, it's so it's so great to talk to both of you. Um, obviously, about uh, you know an initiative that's uh, that's near and dear to us. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Joe, Game of Thrones is an incredibly popular yeah. show for us. Um, not just in this country, but, but important for this discussion. Uh, it's very, you know, well-received and, and well-regarded in international communities as well. Um, and so, you know, when you have a property like that, um, particularly in the chair that I sit in and we try to think about ways that we can use our resources for good, um, you know, you're always looking for that the, the right opportunity to, to leverage the show, to leverage the popularity of the cast um, in a way that's meaningful and good. And so, you know, Unfortunately, in this situation, you know, it's a, it's a very, uh, unfortunate, uh, cause that we kind of have to come together for, and that's uh, to help uh, refugees around the world. Um, and so, you know, d- despite the fact that we, you know, are sort of in this position where we're, you know, we, we have so many refugees fleeing different parts of, of the of the world um, and, and finding themselves in, in Europe, um, what we can do in that situation is sort of use our voice, use our show um, to try to lend a hand, to raise awareness um, uh, to, to their plight.
0: Now, how did this campaign get st- Started uh,
2: a lot of different ways. I mean, I would say, in the best possible scenario for us and uh, at HBO, it really came from the talent on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the very first call I think came from a, a former cast member of the show, uh, Una Chapman, uh, who many of your listeners will probably remember from a, our infamous uh, blood wedding scene a couple uh, seasons yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Una called and, uh, like everyone else in the world was sort of seeing these, these horrific images of refugees fleeing their countries and children drowning on shores of Turkey. Um, and she said, Hey, listen, is there anything that we can do? Um, and having maintained relationships with a number of her cast members on the show, uh, she asked if she could, you know, enlist her, her friends from the show, um, sort of, you know. to to lend their voices to, to support this cause. Um, and so we, you know, reached out to uh, our show creators, Dan and David, um, they were all on board, uh, and then a note went out to the cast. And I have to tell you the most overwhelming response uh, Mm. we received from cast members saying, just, just tell me what I need to do. Uh, so that, that, those are really the origins of, of the campaign. Um, that and then our connection with the International Rescue Committee, which, you know, we, we have supported them for a number of years and it just, those things made, made the most sense for us.
1: So, uh, what I see and, and what I, uh, folks will see when we put up the uh, show notes for the show as a landing page for this particular program. What are people being asked to do when they get to this page?
2: Um, well, like uh, like like any other campaign, uh, we're asking people to give. Um, you know, we're asking people to give money to the International Rescue Committee uh, to help further their programs to help. Uh, refugees that they're resettling, uh, around the world. Our goal is to raise a million dollars as you, as you indicated. Um, and, and we think that will, uh, will do a lot of good, but in addition to raising the money, and I think this is what our brand, what HBO has done, uh, not just in this issue, but on so many other issues, uh, is to raise awareness. I think when people stop talking about causes and and the importance when it's not, uh, the lead story in the news, uh, then you tend to forget about it and so our goal with this particularly as we gear up for our you know very 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 popular uh premiere of game of thrones is to people to have people at the same time uh that they're excited to talk about game of thrones know that there's also a social good component to the show Mm. um and particularly as it relates to this
1: which you know it's interesting too because as you both know the show is really a show about refugees
2: Yeah, in in a lot of ways. Yeah, Uh, I mean, mean, you know, when you you look at like
1: the the mother dragons and stuff like that, and all the different people that come in and off the show, it really is. I mean, and they're not always treated well. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean,
2: you know, listen, I want to, you know, it's it's certainly a fictional show, right? Um, (laughs) But you know, I don't want to make you know too too strong of a comparison. But I think the you know the themes of the show, right? These ideas about. Uh, home and safety and refuge uh you know all are things that um certainly have inspired the creator of of Game of Thrones and you know the writer um, but but those are things that people deal with in real life every yeah. single day. Uh, and so, you know, I mean, I, I, I often wish that the things that I see on television, um, were fiction, uh, in the case of this crisis, it certainly is not fiction. And, uh, you know, so in whatever way we can use our fictional story to talk about the real lives of of people, of our fellow human beings, then I think, you know, you know, in that way we're using our powers for good.
1: You know, I'm curious though, Megan and Dennis, has HBO done this with any other shows?
2: Uh, we've not done it in this way. I mean, we certainly have very, uh, philanthropic, civic-minded, uh, talent, uh, you know, I can list a number of, of talent who have causes of their own or causes that we've supported, uh, you know, in, in partnership with them. But we've not taken one single show uh, and wrapped it around wrapped its popularity around an issue as big as the refugee crisis that we're oh, currently right. talking about. How yeah, did you so, how did you
0: decide to do that because that was one of my questions for you. You know, obviously many many celebrities have causes that they feel very passionately about, but how did you make the decision to say, "Okay, we are all getting behind this." And how did that all come together?
2: it started obviously with some conversations that we had with the with the IRC i mean we as i've mentioned before we supported them in various ways uh, for a number of years but this particular issue I think, you know, is unique because it wasn't like one person coming and saying, uh, can you do this for charity A and another person saying, can you come do this for my charity, which mm-hmm. is charity B. I mean, you really got the sense that this was everyone's cause. Right. And I think, you know, with regards to the actors that we feature in our spot, you know, one of the, you know, one of the common denominators is that so many of them are European-based or Mm. European-born. And so for them, the crisis hits home in a very, very real way. It's like it's literally on their soil. Um, and, and you know, they're coming from countries like Germany and England and others who are grappling with how many refugees to bring in or should we bring them in? And all of these people outside of the show as human beings have a stake in that conversation. Mm. Um, so it, it really was them coming to us and saying this cause belongs to all of us. And so what can we all do together? Mm-hmm. So it
0: just happened to be the timeliness, the global aspect of the particular cause, the fact that you had this existing relationship, all of those things sort of yeah. converged, it sounds like.
1: yeah, And it's perfect timing, too, because the show comes back. What, what day in April does it come back? I know it comes back in April, Dennis, but what day is it? Uh,
2: I should know the answer. I to that. I think it's April twenty fourth. Yeah, something like that. No, but the, time, the timing
1: it. is great though because I think there's like a ton of a buzz building around it. Obviously, coming back. I mean, I'm following everything I see like on Facebook, and I get the email newsletter and stuff like that. But you know, <laughs> but now that I have you on the line, Dennis, I was wondering if there might be a possibility that we might be able to get Megan on the show, even if it's like <laughs> as like a pub wench or something. You know what I mean? Like
2: could like that, wouldn't you? Yeah, you know what I mean. Just <laughs> just a
1: minor role you know what i mean
2: but <laughs> yeah we, we you know we, we we use extras all the time if you're ready to get on the plane and fly there you go uh, see i'm sure we can, <laughs> you find, know, uh, we can do you know
1: do you know Dennis and megan do you know that um i went to the same school as peter dinklage he and i were only separated by oh. one year we were, both went to bennington college uh i only oh, stayed there a year because it was as boring as hell in vermont but he seemed to like it more and stayed there the whole time <laughs> but we were separated by a year so i'm waiting to see him on the street one day so i can be like hey we went to the same school at different times, but I didn't graduate from that.
2: Yeah, well, hes I think in real life, he's much nicer than his character. So <laughs> I think that conversation will go well for you. And he's so good.
1: I mean, he's so good at the show, that's for sure.
2: He's amazing. Yeah. Well, that
3: Absolutely,
0: amazing. It, it does sort of bring up the way that you're approaching this campaign, which is slightly unique. So you're partnering with a platform called Omaze. Uh, mm-hmm. Why did you decide to do that? Because what Omaze does is pretty unique in that it sort of, uh it allows access to fan experiences based on donations. And we're going to talk to them in the second half of the show, so I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but I'm just I'm curious to know why you decided to take that particular route versus just asking people to donate, for example.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've worked with Omaze in the past as well and and have a tremendous amount of respect for for their platform. Um and 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 really, I mean, I think just if you're a CSR person to think that there's a fundraising mechanism that really attempts to be egalitarian in its right. approach yeah, right. right so yeah. you know here we're dealing with a situation where something is a, a highly coveted experience but it doesn't necessarily go to the person who has the most money right. um, and it doesn't necessarily go to the person who can give the most number of times or any of those sorts of things like you know like there's a uh, an equalizer that says uh, you know I'm I'm passionate about this and this I'm interested in this and so I have just as much of an opportunity or chance to experience experience. experience the experience as the person who has more resources than i do and i think that is intrinsically uh socially responsible
1: no i think it's and i say i you know because i look at it, it's like this would be awesome and i think and we'll find out the exactness on this but i think it's like 10 bucks or something like that to to be part of that raffle and that special experience and i am all over varying levels i am (laughs) on. i'm gonna like i'm i'm all in
2: you, you know, could get the rating for yeah.
0: fifteen thousand, Joe.
1: That's right. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. 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 Varying, varying levels. But we, <laughs> you know, we've had success with Omaze in the past. Um, I know they're, you know, a, a newer sort of platform, but I think really an, an innovative uh, in, in their approach. Sure. Um, and so, based on our previous success with them, uh, based on what we assume would be the popularity of this particular experience, you know, they were the most logical partners.
0: Mm. That's fantastic. Well, Dennis, this has been absolutely a, a thrill to chat with you. And uh, if people want to find out more about this rescue has no boundaries campaign. How might they do that online?
2: Uh, well, of course, uh, they can visit, uh, rescue.org backslash game of thrones, um, and that site will provide lots and lots of detail, um, as well as some additional content that we shot with the, uh, with our cast members, uh, when we were on location with them, uh, for our shoot. Um, you know, it, they answer questions like, you know, why they are themselves personally involved, um, and, you know, you sort of get a, a glimpse into, uh, who these people are when they're not dressed up and waving swords around, um, <laughs> you know, on the show. Um, so if you visit that website, you know, there's an opportunity to give, to connect with the IRC, to learn more about their programs uh, and their objectives and goals, um, and, to, and to really engage in, in a significant way.
0: Excellent. Well, we will make sure to include those all in the show notes, right, Joe?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And after this, after our conversation today, we're going to talk about why HBO should bring back Deadwood. That's the next thing, Dennis. Okay. We're going to have to do this offline, but I wanted to let people know
2: that we're going to go there. Actually, I will support you on that, Joe. I will support you on that.
1: (laughs) All right. Now on the line is Matt Paulson, who is co-founder and co-CEO of Amaze. And uh, he's going to tell us about the platform and how they're working with HBO for the uh, Rescue Has No Boundaries. Hey, Matt, how's it going?
3: Good,
1: Joe. How you doing? Hi, um, Megan. Hi. Wow. You know, we just got an earful for Dennis Williams and he was singing your praises about how great Omaze is. And we're really happy to have oh, you on God, the line. The best. Yeah, he really is a good guy. And he gave a great, um, description of what the program's all about. And you know what's interesting too is Omaze is a piece of this, but the program really has some other components too. So it's, it's really yeah. kind of a big program of what they're doing. But the first question I have for you, man, is what the heck is Omaze? <laughs>
3: Um, good question. Good question. Oh, what we do is we raise money and awareness for charities by offering the chance to win once-in-a-lifetime experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done everything from snuggle with John Stewart at the last Daily Show to <laughs> John Legend. To uh, John Legend will sing at your wedding. To ride a tank. Ride in a tank with. Arnold Schwarzenegger and crush things. Um so it's these these <laughs> cool. once in a lifetime experiences. Yeah. And and the difference between us and most companies who do this is most companies they make these things available at auction. Right. So one high net worth individual can come in and pay anywhere from twenty five to fifty thousand dollars to have these experiences. And what we do is we make we essentially function similar to a charity raffle. So we make it so that anybody in the world can donate ten dollars for the chance to win, and as a result, um, it raises significantly more for our charity partners. Does, does
1: this all stem from the fact, like when you were a kid, you were going after like a SpongeBob SquarePants appearance on the show or something <laughs> like that, and you didn't get it because you were outbid by like someone who paid like a million dollars for it? You're like, that's not fair. I deserve a much of a chance it, than anyone
3: else. It's you know what? It's it's honestly not too far from that <laughs> story of how it of how it happened. I mean, I can give you a quick a very quick background. Is yeah, yeah, please do. Of where it came to be. Brian and I had kind of devoted our careers to making cause content, as you guys you know know that space incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And we just were always really passionate about using the power of story to inspire action. And we'd done a bunch of projects like that. Um, if you guys remember Live Earth concert, it was the biggest concert ever thrown mm-hmm. to raise awareness around climate change and had everybody from the Rolling Stones to Bruce Springsteen. It was on Seven continents. One night we did that. We did. Uh, we were early producers on Girl Rising, which was about girls' education in the developing world. Um, was funded by Intel and Oprah wow. and Liam Neeson and Meryl Streep were the narrators. Um, we spent a couple of years traveling around the world, interviewing the world's greatest thinkers, a couple hundred Nobel Prize winners and MacArthur Genius Grant recipients, and then we did the Clinton Foundation's big 10th anniversary global television and concert event and created content with everybody from President Clinton to Jay-Z to Bill Gates and and Anyway, the reason I rattle all that off is we were doing that work and we were realizing we were creating a ton of awareness around these campaigns, but not necessarily a lot of impact. Mm. We saw that was kind of endemic to the cause space as a whole. A lot of times you, you, you become aware of these things, but you just don't know what you're supposed to do to take action. And so we, Ryan and I decided we wanted to. Figure out a better model to do what we were passionate about, and, and so we decided to go back to business school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were purely creative at that point; we'd never even opened Excel in our life, and <laughs> and we went back to school and, and just wanted to surround ourselves with people smarter than us to, mm-hmm. and learn new ways of thinking. And then when we were in school, we had to, to to answer a really long, to conclude a really long answer to your question. When we were in school, we went to this event similar to your SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> reference, So we went to this event that Magic Come Johnson... Come on, you, you
1: know exactly well, what I'm yeah. talking about, Matt. Don't it, even, I know, ask, I don't even is, play really dumb was.
3: about this, you know? <laughs> I, I was... For the way we acted at this event, you would see it, it's essentially <laughs> the same thing. But we went we, we went to this event that Magic Johnson was hosting, and Magic is our childhood hero, like, to the point where we only wore Lakers jerseys as kids, and that's it. Um, and, and he was auctioning off the chance to play basketball with him and go to a Lakers game, all to benefit the Boys and Girls Club, But again, it was one of those things where it's only available to the wealthy people sitting in the room. And Ryan and I were in that room, but we were, we were not wealthy people. We were in grad school and we watched the auction as it went up to $15,000 and we couldn't afford to participate. And you know, and again, Magic was our child hero. There's nothing we would have rather done than be able to participate. So we said as we were driving home, we're like, you know, they should make that available to everybody online for 10 bucks. For the chance to win, you get so many more donors, so much more exposure for the cause, open up a whole new base of supporters. And then also, you know, guys like us would have the chance to hang out their heroes.
0: That's such an amazing model. And it's actually quite miraculous, like once you see it, that nobody's done it before. So kudos to you for sort of equaling, equalizing the playing field. How did you first it sounds like you were active in the entertainment industry celebrity to begin with. Is that sort of how Mm -hmm. you made your inroads with this platform? Because we see platforms all day long every day, and some of them are interesting, some of them are not, but most of them are gone six months to a year later. So what do you attribute your success to?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, a lot of it, it's a good question. A lot of it did come from the early participation came from Working with talent that we had worked with on these other projects. And so that was, that was kind of how we got our initial foothold, which was, which was great. Um, but, but, you know, when we first launched, we were very close to being one of those platforms that you described. Six mm. months later was not working. Hmm. Um, they, you know, no one was sure if this was real. It, it, it was, like you said, an idea that seems kind of obvious, but, but it never been done. So just people questioned the validity. Um, but then, it started to kind of. We started to get a little bit smarter about how we worked with talent. Like the first experience we raised, we did raised nine hundred and eighty dollars. Oh <laughs> you know, my it gosh, not, it was not a success. <laughs> yeah, but then, yeah, but then we did one with John Stewart where we used Facebook for the first time, mm-hmm. and that one raised fifty thousand dollars. And then we did wow. one with Lincoln Facebook. Park where raised, Facebook must where be we, a big yeah.
1: platform for you, right, Matt? I mean, that's probably a good place for you to be yeah, seen and you. buy ads and stuff like that, uh, because that certainly yeah, worked.
0: Yeah. When was that? What year yeah, was that? No, face-
3: that was the John Stewart one was 2012 uh in 2013. So we'd been around wow. for like six months, and then yeah, okay. as, as you said, Joe, Facebook is a huge platform, and we and yeah. we kept getting smarter about how we did that. And you yeah. know, and the next one we did with, you know, we did one with Linkin Park where we used original Facebook photos for the first time. That did a hundred thousand. Then we did one with ESPN where we did radio promotion for the first time, and that did. $200,000 in one day and we mm-hmm. thought our side wow. was broken. And then we did one with breaking bad with, with, uh, with Aaron Paul, where we, and I don't know if you guys are fans of that show. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, um, you got, yeah. So you got to go to the finale with Aaron and Brian Cranston. They picked you up in a Winnebago. No you put way. put on hazmat suits, you cooked <laughs> eggs and you watched the finale with Aaron and Brian and the entire cast. Wow. That's cool. Um, and yeah, and we did that one, and that one raised 1.7 million for Aaron's charity. Wow! Oh my. Um, so I, I have a question so they kind for of you, Matt. Put it on the map.
1: When you do these experiences with celebrities, do they put a minimum on you and say, "Hey, I'll do this, but you got to raise at least this much amount of money for it to
3: activate"? You know, we, we kind of impose that on ourselves, really. Yeah. We just want to make sure that we're always the best option sure. for the partners yeah. that we're working with, and, and we can kind of look at the data science and make – we have predictive algorithms to say this is how much we think someone will raise in our model because mm-hmm. there there's some people – you know, Warren Buffett, for example, is someone we had a potential to do something with, and we said to the partner, we said, y- you know, you actually shouldn't do that with us because Warren Buffett is he's very popular and very well-respected, but he's not like kind of – you know, he's not super active on social media and yep. doesn't kind of have the populist appeal. But you know, yep. if you do him at an auction, someone, someone's corporation is going to pay three million dollars to sit down with him. You should do that.
0: Right. Um, and
3: so we, we are, we, we always just want to make sure that we're the best partner for people. We've gotten out to the point where we, we've, we've got a big enough database on our own that like. We can, you know, the the donors in the community, such a powerful source of fundraising that like with basically anybody, whether they have big social or not, we can get a good return Mm -hmm. for our charity partners. So it's gotten, it's gotten to a great size in that respect talk
0: talk a little bit about some of the things you've learned since you know way back when in 2013 when you had your huge first success which is not a long time ago i'm saying that in just (laughs) just because i'm so impressed with it but talk about how how you've iterated and and what would have been the biggest learnings for you over the those past couple of years
3: yeah that's a that's a really good question um you know i think we continue to be surprised and kind of odd about the, the power of story um and, you know, our biggest driver of our donations is the content we create um, and the content and the videos we created with our talent, um, you know, did over 115 million views last year, did over 4 billion media impressions. And, you know, people, people connect to stories, you know, yeah. stories enable us to understand the experiences or give us insight into the experiences of someone whose lives are completely different than ours, you know, and because of the story, I can understand what it's like for a girl who's living in Kenya who has to go fetch water every day. and doesn't get to go to school. Mm-hmm. Like I've never lived that, but because of a story, I can understand her and I can connect to her and I can see how we're similar. And if it makes me want to be able to, you know, contribute to her life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that the power storytelling in our fundraising is really, really, is really, really powerful. And what's good, Um, though, what's good,
1: Matt, is that you and Ryan get that. And I don't think people always appreciate that piece because I think where you guys, and you you specifically said in the beginning, I come from a cause content Mm -hmm. background. And you are one of the first people I've talked to that really identify himself that way. But, you know, it's one of the things I always emphasize when cause business called me is like you really need to be good at that storytelling piece. And you also really need to be good at the distribution piece, too, because it's one thing to tell a good story. Then you got to get the message out there, and it sounds like you've discovered that too. Like you've found the right uh, channels to kind of promote what you're doing.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, we're heavily focused on. I mean, our, our obviously our model is entirely predicated on how widely we can distribute these things. So, you know, we we invest in distribution kind of two ways. We built a legal infrastructure that enables us to collect charitable donations around the world. So we yeah. collect donations in 170 countries so wow. far. Um, and, and that was a huge, huge investment for us to be able to do that, and be able to do sweepstakes um, around the world, also. And so that's, that supports our our distribution. And then, and then, how do you go out and really market these things and make them work? And our whole value proposition to our charities is that we're we're bringing you a donor base that you already have. We're not trying to go to the donors that are pre-existing. So right. that informs the, the stories we you know we focus on the cause in our stories, but then we also try to create content. That's funny and it can spread. We believe that laughter is the shortest distance between two people. And so that's, that's kind of the philosophy that governs the way that we do our content. And then, and I think that's a kind of a fresh take on cause content because people are so historically used to kind of the things that evoke sympathy or the sense that, okay, you have to go and bestow your, you know, give down to someone. Mm -hmm. We're more like, let's connect people to it, make them feel like we're all part of one global community and let's help each
2: other out.
0: When you're thinking about the equation of celebrity and entertainment versus the cause, so for example, Game of Thrones, I really want to to win this experience, and I'm going to pitch in my ten bucks. I could care less if it's for a cause. Like, how much of it is that versus like, wow, this is really cool. I'm a Game of Thrones fan, and what an amazing cause! I cannot wait to donate my ten dollars because I'm supporting the cause.
3: Yeah, it's a good question. You know, it, it, it's different with. Kind of every donor. Hmm. Um, I think every donor likes like likes the fact that like really appreciates the fact that they get to support something as wonderful as as IRC, you know, Mm -hmm. and and with a pain and a problem as acute as a Syrian refugee crisis. Like everybody makes them feel good when they're doing that. Mm -hmm. But but that's not the that is not the opening reason that everybody comes. Like we're going to Game we're marketing to Game of Thrones fans. Right. And some of those fans are just super excited about that and they like the fact that it supports IRC. And then others of them happen to be, you know, equally passionate about the clouds from the outset. And then our job is once we get them excited about Game of Thrones, to then educate them more and more about the incredible work that IRC is doing, the incredible work that HBO is doing to support IRC and then make them lifelong donors to that. Um so that's we kind of approach it from both those angles.
1: So, what would I need to do, Matt, to actually win the Game of Thrones thing, because I'm thinking that you probably have the inside scoop, and if you could put your hand <laughs> into like a hat when you choose the winner and you could pick out my name for you, I mean I'd be willing to pot with you know I have I have a copy of Cause Marketing for Dummies, my early book. I mean oh, wow. I'd be more than happy to send you that to time you.: so generous yeah, Jeremy I, and you know, in the middle of it, there um, just might no, be a generous Starbucks no gift it. cards.
3: You know what yeah. I mean? So. Yeah, I have no influence at all over the winners. We oh, uh, we have a third party do that. So we send everything off. It's a, there's a company in Ireland called random.org that runs the Irish and the Scottish lottery yep. that is obsessed with true randomness. Wow! Re- like yeah, it's right. amazing. Like they detest pseudo randomness, right. which is like yeah, because like could, computer generator randomness. Imagine, so not you imagine and they do it all.
1: And Matt just sitting there looking through, you know, the entries and being like, "Oh, she's cute. You know, she'd be a great winner." <laughs> Stuff like that doesn't work that <laughs> way. They're, huh, Matt? they're
0: protecting themselves from people. It doesn't
3: like work me that too. way. Yeah. I got no. <laughs>
0: That's Having fascinating. any
3: connection to me actually hurts your chances. My family's always found <laughs> out because they, they're not allowed to win. Yeah, oh, that's right. So they, yeah, so they, you know. So I mean, talking to you today, to that doesn't exclude
1: family. me from going after the Game of Thrones it excludes experience, you. right? It excludes you. No, okay, you no. can donate. Just donate. I don't you
0: want to donate. just donate. Yeah, if
3: you want to go donate, yeah. go to slash Game of Thrones, contribute to IRC, and you'll get a chance to win. I like that.
0: Real quick before we let you go, Max, I know we're running out of time with you. Do you have, do you often partner with brands? And I, you know, I, I use brands somewhat loosely. HBO is a brand. Um, but do you have brand engagements that tap into these celebrity engagements as well, typically?
3: Yeah. I mean, the HBO example is, is a really great one. You know, the Dennis and Pam and Joy at HBO are like incredibly committed to the causes they work with. They've really you know, they've marshaled a ton of resources initially around Red, and then they're even making a longer, kind of really interesting campaign around IRC with Rescue Has No Boundaries that you know starts with our experience and then there's going the entire season of Game of Thrones. So to see a brand like HBO take a property as prestigious and you know, this was kind of unparalleled as Game of Thrones and like leverage that for good is right. is amazing. And we you know, and we have we have done similar stuff. With, um, Disney and Paramount and, and other studios that, that in Warner Brothers and Universal. And so we've, you know, we, we've, we've been able to work with those brands too. Um, but this is a really unique, cool, innovative thing where we're actually taking an entire season and really mobilizing and marshaling all their resources around it is really cool. And so HBO has done all the lifting in terms of going to, The, the cast who all have been really great about supporting IRC, um, getting, you know, getting them to do the content, the content that we created with them this week that went out, you know, got over 3 million views and picked up in Time Magazine and Vanity Fair and and many, many other places. So it's been really cool. It's been, and, but that's all, you know, HBO created that content and edited that content. Usually we're doing, we're doing that on the OMA side, but they did a fantastic job with it. And so. Um, to to see a brand engage the level that they have is really really cool, and it just shows the power of like what they can do. Like they have these incredible resources, they have this incredible reach, and when they decide right. to mobilize that for good, it's a really it's a really inspiring thing.
1: Well, you know what we always talk about here too, Matt, is that it's really about getting brands to reach out to their customers because that's where the real opportunity is. Too many nonprofits get stuck at the checkbook level with businesses, and they don't think beyond that and say, hey, if we could get access to HBO viewers. That be something that would be a lot more lucrative and effective than just going to the HBO Foundation and raising a few bucks there.
3: They, yeah, I mean, there's there's great purpose with all those, but they're they've read, they they've built this incredible incredible brand, both HBO and the Game of Thrones brand, mm-hmm. and it has huge influence. on like, let's use that for good. And they re- they realize that in a really awesome way. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. good.
1: So in the time that you've been talking, Matt, I went online and I already bought my ticket for the Game of Thrones. And did I you buy wanted, the ring? Fifteen thousand? <laughs> no, not quite. Uh, <laughs> but I did sign up. I did get my ticket. And one of the things I want to say is the platform is really smooth. And one of the things that I really oh, love that I don't see all the time, you got PayPal, mm-hmm. which I think makes it so yeah. much easier. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it really
3: helpful for yeah. our international donors, especially. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. it was,
1: it was very easy. And before you know it. So, so Matt, I just want to let you know that I just put in my entry just now. So if it happens to come across, awesome. you may want to put that in a good place where those people <laughs> in Ireland could pull it. Stop. You're being uh, a stop. Oh uh, yeah. So call, call, call the random.org guys. Wink. You know, they're pretty wink. serious
3: about random. Things. Wink, wink, Joe Matt. Is,
0: Joe is, is, uh, is random. Random is a good description for Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been absolutely fascinating. And where can people find out more about this particular campaign and about Omaze in general online if they'd like to do that?
3: Yeah, you can go to Omaze.com slash Game of Thrones and you'll see you'll see this campaign and, and uh, all the other ones we're working on there.
0: Excellent. We'll include that in the show notes for sure.
1: Joe, how about you? Where can people find you online? Well, people can find me on selfishgiving.com. The article I mentioned about Omaze actually appeared on Beth Cantor's blog, which you can check out. And uh, I talked about six different crowdfunding platforms. And people can obviously find me talking minute to minute to uh, Matt and Omaze and Megan at Twitter at Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you?
0: I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand. And I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF. You can find show notes for today's episode at Cause Update com as well as selfishgiving.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Cause Talk Radio and iTunes so that you don't miss an episode. And on behalf of Matt and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio. And we'll talk to you next time.